from our different compounds again Again. Uh, it's still live from my living room but it's just not we're just not all in my living room yeah it's also my living room so it's like a double living room situation it's live from both living rooms (laughs) yeah how you uh how you holding up i'm groggy as fuck because like i took a midday nap and i woke up maybe 10 minutes ago and I'm froggy as shit like have you lost all sense of time not totally yet but I'm kind of uh, but mostly like people ask me you know uh, like people ask what are you doing today which is a weird question because it's just like it's like it's kind of like I feel like the brain when people ask like what are you doing today like something I do every day just (laughs) Hmm. sit in yeah. my house and <laughs> wait for the this whole thing to end yeah so, nobody should have, nobody should have an answer to that question like what are you doing today like it's almost a moot question to ask at this point because yeah. nobody nobody really should have any plans i should have to get too mad about it because i understand that it's an autopilot question people should probably ask that without like if people ask that hoping to hear another answer but, yeah. my, but I get, now it's just like if you're sitting at home, it's just it's the same thing doing every day, which is just like I just like I play video games and I work out in my apartment, and that's about it. Like there's nothing else to do. Uh, did they um, did they close down your gym in your complex? Yeah, yeah, they did. They closed they closed my gym in my complex now. Maybe like. I want to say like maybe he's close for probably three weeks now. Oh wow! So they were ahead of the game. Way ahead, yeah. They were just like closing. They they shut everything down a long time ago, and they're also like they also have us like um, they're letting us know. Um, I don't know, like week to week, or like maybe every other day. Like you know, if someone has COVID nineteen in your complex, we're gonna we're notified. Wow. So. Yeah, so it's like we haven't. I mean, I haven't heard anything yet. So I guess so far so good. They're, they were, they were like my my complex on top of it. They were just all over the shit from jump. They're just like, yeah, now nah, we're shutting the shit down early, early. So my uh, my complex, they sent me an email yesterday, and they said it, the title of the email, the subject of the email was uh, a special message from. Uh, and the name of the complex and I open it up right. thinking that it was going to be something like I don't know substantial 
And the yeah. message, the message of the email said, make sure you check out our Instagram page to see a special message from our team. <laughs> and I was so mad at that. I was like, why? Well, first of all, why do you even have an Instagram? Right. Like, why would I follow you on Instagram? Before. I don't know, man. Uh, I, uh, you there? Hello? Hello? Okay. Could you could you hear me through all that? I heard you say, I heard you say Insta now, and then it, and then it cut out. That was the last thing I heard you say Insta. Oh fuck! Whatever. Okay right. then. I don't even know where it cut out, but it, the story is not even that important. It's just that like the the point was that your part your complex is way on more on top of things than mine mine's is. So yeah. I mean, but that's that's a lot of things that were going on. Like, I keep getting I keep getting emails from like different institutions that I pay. All these things, like, you know, we're here to help you. Um, oh, yeah. In order, to, yeah, in order to help you, we'll do this, this, this. Like, you know, help me a lot. If you just like, kind of freeze this pay that I owe you, like, because none of us at work right now, that would help a lot more than um, you know your Instagram. Someone posted on Reddit uh, a tip. Or some some kind of like like life hack pro tip or whatever. If there's anybody giving you the runaround, and this mainly applies to like gyms, if any of them are giving you the runaround about freezing your account or you know canceling your membership, you can get in touch with your bank and put a stoppage on the automatic payments to that company. Mm-hmm. And, and then eventually, you know, either, you know, your suspension will be terminated or your, your, uh, your account will be terminated due to lack of payment, or they'll get in touch with you saying like, Hey, you know, <laughs> why haven't you paid us in X amount of <laughs> whatever? But I mean, that it's just like goes, that. that's just like, you know, just like we talked about last week, like those are the companies that are getting exposed for being in the business of, money and not in the people business it's like it's like that it's like what i just told you we can't i can't pay you i don't know what we're having this discussion for i don't yeah. know what to talk about i can't pay you so let yeah, me have I, a, it's strange I have, I, have no, I have no i have no recourse other than to stop paying you because i don't have any money right it's not because i don't enjoy your service it's just I can't do it anymore. I can't go to work, so I can't get money from work, so I can't get the money that they give it to you. That and like a lot of places like gyms aren't even open right now. Like, what do you? How? It's weird how they're trying to get you to self pay for something that they didn't know you're not using. Because yeah, yeah. I don't know exactly what I would be paying you for if I can't take advantage of the goods and services that you are providing. So right, yeah, what is this? What are we paying you for? It's it's pretty damning. It's, it's pretty. Weird. Dumb. Like, 
it's weird because like I remember going to Swim Far Fitness. Like I remember thinking that even then it was like this is a lot. To, I, I don't. I'm not. I don't go. I don't pay there anymore. When I did, I was just like, I don't know why I'm paying for this stuff because it was a lot to pay for at the same time. But at the same time, like when I was there, I would do things like I would take really long showers and like use like eight towels to try to recoup what I'm doing. Things I want to do at mm-hmm. my own shower in my house. But now it's like if I can't even go to the facility, why would I pay you anything? It made any sense? Yeah. It was stupid. Um your boy John Jones keeps slipping up. Um, impressive now, like because I don't know how he can slip up now with the whole world's kind of on lockdown. So the fact that he can like the fact that he can slip up at this time is kind of remarkable. He was arrested in New Mexico for a DWI. Um, he had a gun on him. He had an open container, no proof of insurance, and he his blood alcohol level was at or above twice the legal limit. Yeah, no so, I like that part too. Yeah, no insurance. Yeah, he had, he had no proof of insurance. Um Albuquerque police responded to the sound of a single gunshot at around 12.58 a.m. The complaint stated that the officer saw a black Jeep with a man inside the vehicle in the driver's seat and another person outside the vehicle by the passenger side door. Um, if you had to guess what was going on here. I don't have to guess. I couldn't I can never really guess. Because it's just like it's just John Jones being John Jones. I don't know. Like that dude, he he is his greatest enemy. Like it's just I he like he can beat anyone in the octagon, but it's like he just, he just keeps also beating himself. So <laughs> when the last time he got, what was the last thing he got in trouble for? Was it the, um, the the PEDs? I think it was PEDs. Yeah, it was PEDs. And did Dana White say that he was he was done then? No. Or did no, I make that he's up? far from done. Like as long as well, no, as long as as long as like John Jones can fight and draw a crowd, he'll he's never done. Like, that's the thing. It's like um, Dana White and how he, uh, you know, dis- disciplines his fighters is very much skewed on their, uh, like on their, on their, on their financial value to him. Like, because if da- John Jones did all this and was like, I don't know, lost like four fights in a row, then maybe he'd be done. But John Jones is still like a big draw, so as long as he can yeah. still draw like a crowd, he'll never be done. Like he'll never be done. They'll, they'll, like he may get suspended. Uh, stuff, but as long as he can like come back and still draw a crowd, he's gonna be on contract. Yeah, this is uh, I wonder if homie's like, all right, all right, you know, no, no, he's not. So, you don't, you don't think that this was just a one off? No, I mean, this is at this point, it's too far gone to say it's a one off, like, he's been doing this for, for, for a long time, like, he need dude needs legitimate. Um, rehab and not 
like that 30 day resort shit. He needs some real fucking yeah, because he just keeps getting. He needs to go sit way. somewhere. Yeah, man, like he's doing the most, and he's been doing the most for a long time. And it's just kind of like it's one of those things where, like, if you win, he's winning, then no one really talks about it. But he he talked about being like um, drunk the week before, like championship fights. Like to me, that says you have a problem. And I think that yeah. if as long as you're succeeding and as long as you're on top, people just kind of like write that write that shit off. So to me, in fact, you can do this now. Like that, like the the world, the, sh- the world's kind of shut down. Like, how do you find the time to like go and get arrested for a DWI and pop guns off? Like, there's nothing even open right now for the most part. Well, let me take 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 that right. There are a lot of places that still have things open, but I would think that at this time, like you probably chilling a little bit. But no, like I like like you think you'd be at home making TikTok videos like everybody else is doing. Like, but he's not. He's out here just getting charged for guns and shit. It's weird. It is weird. Um, I hope he gets his help soon, man. I really do. He's a talented guy, and I think in his heart, he's a good guy. I just hope that he's able to, you know, get good people around him that really want to see the best for him. I think that's really what a lot of this comes down to, man. It's just not necessarily the individuals themselves. It's the people around them that don't have the best interests in for them in their heart. That is true. I think that's, that's a, play a part. big part of it. But um, in, in uh, other UFC news, your other boy, Tony Ferguson, he said that uh, Khabib should drop his title. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, this was a fight that's supposed to be. It's, it was supposed to happen a bunch of times, right? Like I, th- I want to say it's probably like the fifth time, maybe that it's been mm-hmm. taught that it's kind of like been up in the air. I, uh, like shit, it's kind of like a white whale. Like, it's kind of like a white whale of EFC fights almost because people want to fight for a very, very long time. They both they both been on the top of the game for ever. So this fight's been supposed to happen. A long time. So in Tony Ferguson's defense, like I could see where he may come and say, like, "Oh man, like he's ducking me because I mean, like there have been weight issues, injuries that have knocked that that have knocked this fight off the rails." Um, okay, so but explain the, explain to me how these guys are both champions. Are they? Well, they have two different titles. Well, no, I think like Ferguson was like interim champion for a while, and uh, he got injured. So they both have belts and since that, that interim thing that they do is really weird. So I they think both have belts, but they're different belts, right? Because I think that because um, the current champion of the books now is um, is Khabib, but I think Tony Ferguson was made right. an interim champ. But he never lost. I think, so when you get hurt, so so when he got hurt, they just kind of took the belt from him and gave it, and they got to put it out there. So they gave it to, um, so the guy they, they kind of put it out there so for Reap to win it. So that's why they both have belts because, and Ferguson, I've seen that he's never lost the belt. So he's like, this is my belt because it's always like a pride thing. While on the books, it's like Khabib's champion. 
So they both kind of have a belt, even though it's like only one of those belts is valid. Like Khabib's belt is the actual belt, according to all the books and stuff. So that's why he's calling him he stripped of his title because it's like he can't defend it. But at the same time, like Khabib can't defend it because he can't leave Russia because there's like there's a lockdown on travel and he's stuck there. This would be the equivalent of like um like if uh shit, I don't know. I don't I don't know what this is like. I don't know any <laughs> other sport <laughs> where you have where you just have like um you know an interim champion because your actual champion can't fight or like had to drop out of a fight or something like that or whatever like it that just doesn't happen. it happens in like like in boxing or something like that or any other like combat sport if someone can't compete in the title well, i think in these i think in these circumstances it's a little different because it's a pandemic it's a little different you can't just be like oh man they can't fight because he like you can't say he's ducking you it's like he can't leave then yeah. he's not the type type of to conduct anyone really. Like I like he's not like I just don't see him as a guy who ducks people. Like he he never really has ducked anyone in his career. So like, I I'm pretty sure it's because he can't leave the country. They can't fight you. So this is, so I I think it, I, I think from Tony Ferguson, some it's more gamesmanship. He's just trying to get people's head when he does, when he's doing that. But it's mm-hmm. like which is fine. But like but like seriously, it's just like nah. And nobody trying to duck anybody at this point. I think it's just that he can't leave his country because people are dying on a biblical scale. So, yeah, uh, it, it's it's just like beyond the you know the fact that this fight has been scheduled five times and each time has been canceled due to some you know outside force injury I, 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 whatever. Yeah, I don't. I don't I don't get the appeal of crowning an interim champion. Like 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 what is the point of that? Money. I don't get it. Money. Well that is like sometimes, and sometimes that people like there are people that there are champions that, that will duck other fighters for the sake of keeping their, their belt or whatever, just keep their like value up. So I mean that that does happen. Aren't there there stipulations in a contract that's saying you must defend your title every X amount of days? Right, which is why they strip you of it if you don't do it. You know what I mean? So if you get stripped of it, then you get stripped of it. Like there shouldn't then it shouldn't be like then it's just like vacant, and then you just have like you. I I still don't see the point of just like awarding somebody a, a belt because somebody else couldn't fight. Like that isn't. It just doesn't make sense to me. As Dana White, like it doesn't make sense to me either. I mean, if you want to ship someone, ship somebody, but like they don't want to be doing that. Do you feel like? Do you feel like? Do you feel like Dana White is just making it up as he goes along? Um, like he's just flying by the seat. Like he really doesn't have a plan going into. Like I, I get the feeling like Dana White and Vince McMahon are more like. Then they are different. Like Vince McMahon has been on record of rewriting the entire script of Monday Night Raw hours before they go on air. Like 
they have an entire week to write a show. It's like Saturday Night Live. Like they have the entire, like imagine <laughs> if they took Saturday Night Live and then Saturday morning, uh, Lauren Michaels was like, you know what? I don't like anything we're going to do. Let's rewrite all the sketches. Let's rewrite the entire opening monologue and let's rebook the musical guests for the night. And this is like hours before they go on live in front of an audience and in front of America. Like that's what Vince McMahon has been known to do multiple times. Wow. More often than not, he does. And Mm -hmm. I get kind of the feeling that Dana White sort of books and rebooks UFC in the same way. I think, um, I think, I think, I think, I don't think you're wrong. I think that the difference with Dana White, though, is that, like, he kind of follows the money. Like, I think Vince kind of follows, like, what he wants to happen. And that's been seen a lot because, like, he'll do things that doesn't make much sense, but it's like he liked it, so he did it. Um, I Very think, much so. Yeah, but I think that, like, with Dana White, he's going to do what he thinks is going to sell. It's not about what he likes, because I think it, it, it is hard. He's, he's a fight fan, so he likes fighting. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like he's going to do what sells. And yeah. so it's like, I think that like when you track Dana White's decisions, so I don't think you're wrong. I think you're actually, I think, I, I think that you're actually right. I think that there are more on the nose. I think the difference is, is like, it's not about his vices as much as like, what's going to make me money. Because even with this UFC 249, it's like people are saying like, you can't fight right now. And, he, and like, also he was one, probably one of the last like major um, sports organizations to shut down amid the pandemic. Like right. it was like I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna find a fight somewhere to have this fight. Like and it was just the point that like it, he had to he had, he was literally forced out of having fights because like no no one opened up for him. It's like yo we're shut down. You can't do this. And even with right. Khabib, like he's like like even with Khabib's issue, he was like I don't know. He's he, his problem was like I don't know where we're gonna fight. He's just like, because he's not even against fight. He's like, I don't know where we're going to fight. So he was like, oh, well, he went to, he, he, was, he, was, he was training in California. And they made him go to Dubai. So they went to Dubai. And then they, and they told him, like, we don't, he didn't know where our fight was going to happen. So then he went back to Russia. And they asked him about Dubai. He's like, yo, I can't leave now. He's like, he's like, I'm trying to sign this contract, but I don't know where I'm fighting. So it's like, so, he's, right. so on his end, he's like, he's like, from him, he's saying, like, I don't know where I'm fighting, so how can you say I'm like trying to duck to the eight and wing? Y'all can't tell me where the fight's gonna be at. Because right now because as of now, there's no location for the fight. So it's like, so to me, I guess it's weird to have him to have him say that. So to have people say, like, oh, I'm ducking someone because for a minute he's like, I'll fight just somewhere to go, because I don't know where to go. Like, just somewhere to go. Yeah. But yeah. So it's a mess, dude. UFC, UFC has always kind of been playing catch up, I feel like with um you know the the growth that they've seen the the amount of popularity that they've experienced in the past you know 10 12 years or so mm-hmm. i always felt like they are putting on a big show but they aren't um sort of stepping up into the position of being in the big dance you know what i'm saying like Every single fight, every single big fight that they've put on mm-hmm. feels and has that look of a big fight. Yeah. However, I also feel like they 
are really kind of just like scatterbrained with um, what the titles mean, like who their stars are, um, you know, the, the fact that they have, you know, pay-per-view events every month, but not every single one of them is, is big. Like there's different tiers to the events. And I feel like they try to teach, they try to um, treat every single one of them as, you know, as like, they're all big and like, they just, some of them don't have that same kind of feel. And I feel like they're trying to force us into believing that they're all big fights. It's just like, I don't know, as a casual fan and someone who doesn't watch every single one and could probably name five UFC fighters on, on his hand. Um, it, it just kind of feels, it still feels very primitive, even though they've been doing this for like, you know, 15 years now, I guess. I think the thing is, is that oh, the UFC and them building up fights is that, um, I think they, I, I think, I got that. I think, I think you're responding with the physical grand comparison and the fact that like they, Try to build up as fight as much as they can, so they have like these, these pay per views and these main event fights, and they built a lot of them that seem like they're good. But the thing is, is like the UFC and the WWE. The difference between those two is that you can't just build it. You can't manufacture storylines all the time. And number two right. is like there's a lot of injuries that happen, or like contract right. negotiations and things that happen with fighters that are going to happen in WWE. You know what I mean? Because it's like. You know, like for instance, with, with like with this fight that's happening now, like that this fight should have maybe like I'd say maybe five or six years ago, like probably the first time this fight was even introduced. But things keep happening, like with injuries and weight cuts, that that derailed this fight so many times. So it's like it's not like the deal where it's like I'm gonna put you in this match and you have to be in this match and there's not much in the way of getting in this match, or or there's like a build up like between like well, like Raw and Smackdowns or whatever. It's just like these two are just gonna fight. So I have like the presses or whatever. So I think that you're right a lot in there. And they're, they're alike a lot in the ways where they're saying like, oh, you know, we're just, we're just kind of like making it up as we go along. But the problem with the, MMA, right. with the UFC is that, you know, it really just depends on um, the fighters' availability and their health. And it's not really based on like what sort of like can, we came up with. We can't just like pull it out of air. So right, yeah. Well, we'll see how that all plays out. I guess when this all clears up, um, Dr. Fauci is on pace to be Times Person of the Year with everything that he's been doing. Probably, yeah. um, I don't see many people getting in his way at this point. Like he's kind of a front runner. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's. It's not even close so far. Um, But apparently he is, he has been given a heightened security detail after getting a bunch of threats. Um, They haven't really said like what kind of threats he's been getting. Like we, we can only assume that they're death threats, but it's not something to take lightly in this kind of world that we live in now where, uh, you know, we've seen it many times where people will post things on the internet 
and then you know carry things out that are just like they don't make any completely sense. out of don't make any sense um it's very telling though that the one guy who is and this hasn't just it's not just him there's a lot of people that are trying to help by spreading knowledge and information and being helpful but he's kind of the face of all of this and he's the one that's receiving threats from people i mean that's that's and it they're t- and it's enough it's a, a good amount of threats that they decided to give him a heightened security detail where he goes it's very telling about the um kind of status that we are in right now i mean yeah don't you think one of the hardest jobs to me because all right now he's he's being um from my sample for for my for my record for my perspective he's being um true to his job and true true to being a doctor and as giving people just the evidence that he knows he's not really pulling punch as much. He's kind of telling people like that hard truth that people really need. He's not trying to just think about writing anything off. He's letting people know what's happening. All the same time trying to appease a president that's not doing that at all. Like he has to come like he has to come and backtrack a lot of things that the president's saying. And yeah. try to give the right information on top of that watch him keep his job so he has like a really hard job to do at this point and he's doing it he's doing a pretty good job at that tough job he's he's had the position that he is currently in for as long as i have been alive right like he's done nothing else but this job for 35 years probably maybe 36 years yeah depending on what he's saying. Um, I don't think that there's anyone that is more suited to tell people the hard truth about what this is than him. And I don't know why there are so many people that are headstrong in challenging him or challenging anyone who wants to say how dangerous this is or how serious this is or how real that this is. I see more and more every day, like people are spreading these conspiracies about how the, you know, this is all a government ploy to try to get Trump out of office, or this is a ploy by the pharmaceutical companies to get us scared and to stay indoors And on one hand, I understand that because this is such foreign territory for all of us. Like there's no precedent for this to be written about in history books that we can look back on and say like, oh no, this is similar in this fashion or similar in that fashion. It's so new to everybody that like even the most bizarre conspiracies can be somewhat reasonable or rational to some people. Um, But I, I, can't help myself but to whenever i see something like that to chime in and just say like there's no basis for this have you been seeing stuff like that i've been seeing stuff like that too but to me it's it's weird they'll make this about one person or one party 
And then I was, that to me, that's strange because this thing is killing indiscriminately. You know, it's people, people are dying like on a biblical scale. Like, right, I think right now, like the, the global death toll is like maybe a, like so it's around 70,000 people have died like in a month from this. And I think it's where the people think about Trump or about a party's affiliation. I mean, I think that who, if anyone, whoever is in office at this point that bungled as much as they did would have the same amount of scrutiny. And I think that, that I think that goes beyond like whatever party affiliation that you are. I think that, like I said, like like I, 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 like if this happened during Obama's watch, I would say the same thing. Like if it happened during Bush's watch or Clinton's watch, I think the same thing should be said. So it's to me, it's weird that they're trying to make it about Trump or whatever. Like I don't. That's the intriguing part to me because this, this is beyond you. Like this is beyond you. This is beyond your party. This is about people dying at this point. It's not about your 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 affiliations or your party relations and the scope of this are silly. Like no one cares. No one cares about, you know, you voting Republican or voting Democrat, or like if you're a Trump supporter or whatever, like where we're right now, none of that matters. None of it matters. It's so insignificant. So the fact that we're trying to make it up to that or trying to bring it back to that saying like, oh, they're just trying to hurt Trump. Like you think we're trying to, you think, People are dying because of just for Trump. Like, how small-minded is that kind of notion to think that you know people are dying, or there's like a death ticker on CNN for sake to just to make Trump look bad? I think people are dying just to make him look bad. It's just a silly thing to me, and I think and and, and like it's almost insulting to the people that are losing their lives to say that oh, it's just to make Trump look better, or it's because this or that or whatever. It's like this is way bigger than that. Like, I you we've never seen people die on this scale in my lifetime. And for them to try and trivialize it to yeah. make it seem like, oh, it's about a party affiliation or it's or some, some kind of agenda, it's, I, I can't, to me, it's beyond debate. Like some of these things, to me, it's just beyond debate. It just shows how shallow some people's thinking are in terms of they think that, you know, it's just, about you know an agenda line or just some kind of plot point like it's not that i mean and and i hate the fact that like it's only when people see like they're like it like people have to have it affect them before it's real you know and that's kind of angering to me too because it's like it shows like you have a lack of empathy because there are people out there that are dealing with this right now but it's like until it affects you it doesn't matter which to me is just well i mean there are some there are some people that are getting affected and it's still not changing their habits like these churches. There's a church in Sacramento that um, is now the epicenter of a huge outbreak of COVID-19. Um, 71 members of the Bethany Slavic Missionary Church near Rancho Cordova um, been affected with the virus. One person has died uh, and the pastor is sick. And, you know, even though they stopped service, people are still getting together in groups and taking meetings and, you know, you know, doing taking, you know, doing similar 
kind of activities that they were doing before the outbreak. There was a church uh, up here in the Heights that were still um, having service, I think all the way up to last week. Jesus. So, I mean, like it doesn't register with people, even if it's within your community, like some people are just going to be so stuck in their ways that they can't help themselves to change. And it's not, I think that um, with that, with the church thing, it's just kind of like people are really just so hard pressed to have to be at church or have to be like at service or, you know, because they feel like they're not representing or, or I guess worshiping to the fullest. But it's, I mean, it's a building. You know, like it's yes. a building. For real. It's like God God's supposed to be everywhere, right? right? It's a building. And you're just going to a building. And you're just so you want to go and pray at a building as opposed to at your house or whatever. I mean, my like my mom was going to church up till maybe maybe three weeks ago. Because I think out of three or four weeks ago, they just they're like um we're Catholic. So like the diocese said, like, you know, they just closed down all Catholic churches. Like none of them can, none of them should be open according to what's the, what, according to like the Catholic diocese. They're just like, everyone's been shut down. So basically like literally my mom was at church on like on Wednesday mm-hmm. and they, just, man, they made everyone go home. Um, but I, I went to church, I used to go to church every Sunday before this all happened. And like, I'm staying at home. But at the same time, it's like, there are a lot of churches that are online streaming services i think like i mean i think lakewood i mean joe olsen did a lot of shit but he's streaming online everybody likes to stream online for this same reason you know it's like they understand that even though you want to worship you can't be here because it's dangerous to be out and be and have gatherings they understand that this is it's not about keeping you from your faith or whatever this is about keeping you safe because you can't pray this thing away you can't you, you, you can't pray away, you know, this kind of thing that's, that's killing people at this kind of a scale. They just want to keep you safe at the same time. They want to keep you worshiping. With, but it's just weird to have this argument about people saying that it's keeping you from your faith. It's keeping you from a building. You, you have a Bible at home. You can pray at home. It isn't like you can pray at your house. You can stream a service if you want to. There are many outlets for you to worship. And you can still walk your faith. Well, even if you are, even if you are getting the services streamed, um, you know it's not necessarily. You may not necessarily be getting the best information or the, best, you know, the best uh, the the gospel. I guess you could say. Um, I haven't I haven't looked at like is your is the church that you go to like are they're streaming now right like they're doing online um, service. Um, I mean, I, I haven't gone on their website, but my mom, like my, I used, like I used to go to church with my mom, and her church is, has they have a YouTube channel, which means that they just kind of like they they post like the um, they post like the the service on YouTube, so you can just go on YouTube and click on the service, and then you can just like oh. watch the whole like mass. Like I mean, it's like an empty. And they do they do that, they do that every yeah. week. Yeah, like. Oh. Yeah. So they've been they were, they were doing that before the. 
the the pandemic. I think, no, I think they started. They started. They, they have. They were. They do the, started doing that like when the order came down that they could have Twitch anymore. Then they just oh, kind of okay. did that. And they just kind of like let people know, like, hey, this is our our YouTube channel. Click on, click, click the link or whatever. And like, I sent my mom the link, and she's been like watching Mass on Sunday every Sunday, like clockwork. She's just go on her. She's go on her on her MacBook. Click on the thing. Church every Sunday. Well, that's, that's that's smart. They should name that. And that was the other thing that I said that might come out of this is that like we'll just see like a lot of people get really innovative with their business. Like even if you are forced to close down your your current venture, like maybe you just kind of open up to a different venture after all this, or your current venture like might take a different avenue. Um, just like your, your mom's church and, you know, having more of like an online presence, like that may be more beneficial to them in the long run. But there's this one church up in Fort Worth, uh, Copeland Ministries, headed by televangelist Kenneth Copeland. And he put his sermon on the internet and he said some really funny stuff. Um, I'll play the clip. I don't know how well it's going to come out, but um, we'll see how, how well it, uh, if you can hear it, then I guess it'll be okay. So just let me know if you can hear this. All right. feeling pretty shitty the past few days but um when i saw his hype men or what i should say when i heard his hype men um repeat the the sound of wind that he made just because they're so dedicated to uh you know hitting the ad libs like i i i, I let out a hard laugh like that that was amazing he, he, he got rid of COVID-19 with a raspberry. He, he did exactly what you should not do during this pandemic, <laughs> which was spit a bunch of fluid out of his mouth into the direction of other people. Like, fuck is this guy doing? He's, he's killing COVID-19 with, by blowing raspberries. 
that's the guy. That's a that's this is the same dude that a few, I guess a few months ago went viral for talking to that reporter about his plane. I guess he has enough, I guess he has enough money to have a, a plane, like a private yeah, plane. A jet. A jet? A jet that God blessed him with apparently. Um God blessed him yeah. with the jet. And so I guess God has also blessed him with the vision of how to cure the COVID-19. Dude, he called. (laughs) There's a lot to unpack here, man. He called out COVID-19 as if it was watching. Right. Like it's at home on the couch. Like, yeah. Like he was like like COVID-19 was holed up in a bunker somewhere. And just decided to turn on. A church sermon from Fort Worth, Texas, just to see what was going on in the world. Yeah, like he's that was amazing. That was, I think they're gonna be like a rash of atheists after this happens, after this passes, and I can't argue them. It's just like, <laughs> it's like I don't even know what to. You can't. It's, it's hard to argue anyone say like I don't believe in that shit. Like that dude tried to kill COVID nineteen by blowing raspberries on there. I don't, I can't, how do you argue that? It's a little wild. It's a little wild to me that he's fooled enough people into believing that kind of nonsense week in and week out enough to be able to afford a private jet, dude. Like that, that, that's, that's religion's a scary thing. Like it's kind of like a double-edged sword to me. It does like within religion, there's a lot of good apps. Um, there's a lot of like good and goodwill. At the same time, there's a lot of grifting that goes on. And it's just so easy for you to grift people when you make them walk by faith and not by sight, whatever. So you just believe in what they're telling you and not question it. And it's just, it's an, it, it's an, it's an amazing grift machine that a lot of people take advantage of, unfortunately. Yeah, man. Um, wow. Um, in some sad news, Bill Withers passed away this week. Um, he was 81 years old. Um, if you're listening to this right now and you don't know who Bill Withers is, uh, you've more than likely know his work. Uh, he's saying, lean on me, uh, lovely day, ain't no sunshine. Those are just kind of some of like his, you know, timeless just classics, but just the two of us, he did. Um, yeah. I mean, his, his music has been sampled like pr- probably only second to um, James Brown. I mean, there's just a ton of remixes and covers and samples and yeah. So yeah. Um, 2020 continues to be a pretty it's trash so, year. Man, like this is really just gonna be a lot. There's like there's been a lot of PTSD in 2020, man. It really is. Like, I didn't. I think. Well, I think that what's so like gut wrenching whenever we lose somebody like Bill Withers is that I, I don't feel like that space and not to say that he could be replaced, but I don't feel like that space in our pop culture 
is being replaced with a you know somebody current you know like i feel like all of our legends are kind of just dropping off and we're not able to replenish that supply or that demand for like real timeless talent you know like a lot of people these days will say that their their work is timeless and like oh like like make classics and a lot of that is braggadocio mm-hmm. i honestly don't feel like we're like filling that void that that we lose when someone like bill withers passes away and it's like that is what messes with me the most. Yeah. It does, I think to me though, it's kind of like, um, I don't know if it's about being replaced so much as it's about like, um, you know, uh, it's not being replaced to me as much as it's about uh, being, I think that just time passes and, and things change in terms of like, in terms of that. So it's kind of like this, the, because the it, it just evolves because it's kind of like, like Bill Withers wasn't Prince. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, no. And Questlove had a great quote. He said, "He's the last African American everyman. Bill Withers is the closest thing Black people have to a Bruce Springsteen." Yeah. So that kind of put that 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 kind of tells you like the 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 kind of lane that he was in that he was right. occupying yeah so i mean to me but do you but do you, feel, but do you feel like in this current crop of talent that we have not to say they aren't talented but who would you pick to be the black everyman uh black everyman it's hard to say because there are a lot of people that are doing great things in music but i don't think that you being great in music just the, like trailer to being great in music does that make sense because it's kind of like yeah hey, no yeah. i'll tell you i'll tell you i'll tell you this because i've been thinking about this a lot man and i'll tell you the saddest thing about it is that when i read that quote i was like damn do you know who the last person who could have been our black everyman our black bruce springsteen was it was kanye it was kanye west like if you, if you go and listen to Spaceship yeah. and tell me it's not a fucking everyman yeah. song. Tell me that's not a vibe that everybody with a dead-end job and big dreams ever felt. Go listen to Good yeah. Life and tell me that it's not the song of a guy that was just regular, degular, and then just happened to strike yeah. gold. Like He was that dude, man. He was going to be that dude for yeah, us. And then it just... Yeah, yeah, no, he was too. That, that, so that, yeah, when you put it that way, that, that that does make that does make his whole like flip hurt even more, you know? Because like it, it so much. Yeah, but you're right. He had the whole set. He was he was he was a college dropout, <laughs> <laughs> and then he was gonna get that, and then he was gonna graduate, and then he was gonna get a good ass job. Yeah, you know, and then and then his mom died, and then his heart broke. And it all kind of fell apart from there. And I completely understand that. But, man, that shit hurt, yeah. man. And now it's like he's just doing Kardashian things and, you know, 
Uh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what could have been? What could have yeah. been? Shit. Shit. Well, speaking of great, <laughs> speaking of greatness, Kobe Bryant gets inducted to the Hall of Fame. It's no surprise there. Yeah. Um, Tim Duncan also going to be in there. Kevin Garnett going to be in. Um, Tamika Catchings yeah. also going to be into the to the Hall of Fame basketball. This is a basketball Hall of Fame. This isn't an NBA Hall of Fame. If people are out there um, wondering, um, Tamika Catchings, ten-time um, WNBA All Star, twelve-time uh, All WNBA team. Uh, 2011 WNBA MVP, 2012 WNBA champion, and then a 1998 NCAA champion. Um, Kim Mulkey. Yeah, that was that um, coach, I believe. Six, yeah, 600 wins, 600 wins in 19 seasons yeah. at Baylor. Um, 18 NCAA tournament appearances, three NCAA NCAA championships. Um, yeah, women's basketball has like they kind of have like they're like four people that are like on top of the heap, and like women's basketball, dude. Women, huh? especially college college basketball yeah, is like, like it's, it's almost like there's like a pantheon. It's like Gina Oriyama, like Kim Mulkey, like like McGraw. Yeah. Like my last name's McGraw. Like Don Staley, and it's like the ends everybody else. And it's like it's really weird how they have that like pantheon of just yeah. like gods. Barbara Stevens, uh, more than one thousand wins in forty-two seasons as head coach. Uh, Thirty Division Two NCAA tournament appearances, and then a two thousand and sixteen Division Two champion. Um, Eddie Sutton. Also going to be inducted. He's 806 and 326 as a Division I head coach. Um, and he had 26 NCAA tournament appearances. Um, and then uh, your boy, Rudy Tomjanovich. Rudy Tomjanovich. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy T. T. Uh, Two-time NBA champion with the Houston Rockets head coach. Um, 1990. Both of them. Yeah, you brought your championship. 1997 All Star, uh, All Star game coach, and he was uh, 527 and 413 in 13 seasons as head coach, 51 and 39 in the postseason. Uh, and then finally, um, Patrick Bauman, he was a Swiss basketball player, coach, and executive. Um, served as Secretary General of FIBA for 15 yeah. years. Um, and I guess he also yeah. passed away. So there you go. There's your 2020 Basketball Hall of Fame inductees. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they can um, enshrine people in, in the midst of what's going on. You know, like, it's kind of cool to see these kind of things happen in the middle of all that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? It's pretty it's pretty crazy that um like gosh, I know it I know it happened in January. And I know like it's kind of like passe to say now, but it's still weird 
to talk about Kobe in the past tense. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it is because it, it still is. Because um, no, I guess it's it's weird that like there are older players that are still here and that he's gone. Like you know, there's still like Kareem, like Sosi Kareem and Bill Russell and like. Um, you know, like guys that and Michael Jordan. It's not like I'm saying that they should become saying like you could, like we're used to having players of that band to be with us that long. You know what I mean? I would say that maybe this is like because I mean Dr. J is still alive. You know, so it's like usually like with players that have that kind of magnitude, they're with us longer than that. You know, and it's like to have someone like with like him like dying in his 40s is like that's. Charming, like I could have. I think Kobe, Kobe should have been judging dunk contests at like the twenty thirty four All Star yeah, game. Like, you know what I'm saying? He should be still doing detail on ESPN Plus. You know what I mean? Just critiquing games. Like that's what you want to see Kobe doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like now nah, I can't do it anymore. It's no, I, I feel you totally. It's so jarring to see that he's still gone. Like uh, the fact that he's gone now is just—I don't know. It's uh—it's crazy to me. So it isn't. It, to me, it makes sense that you say like, "Oh, I can't believe that." Like, have they have they televised the um, basketball Hall of Fame inductions? Have they ever televised I think it the before? NBA ones they do. They have like their speeches and stuff. Um, but. Like they, they usually have the inductions with that, but like the basketball hall of fame, not so much. If they do, I haven't seen it. So I haven't seen it either. But they'll probably put this one on ESPN, especially if like we're still deep into this coronavirus shit, like and there's not gonna be anything going yeah. on. Well, I guess there's not really gonna be anything going on anyway, because this hap- this is going on in yeah. August. Yeah, yeah. So there's nothing there's nothing in the in the in the books for the summer, so yeah, yeah, they're probably they're probably going to put this on. I TV. hope so. I mean, what else are we going to do? Like, we can watch. Um, I, I guess we can watch like um, basketball players play two K. Like, we're really struggling <laughs> with this whole thing. Like, just trying to think to entertain us, man. Like, we're watching. We weren't. We weren't prepared for this, man. Oh. Like, we weren't. Like, but I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, though. And I, I want people to remember this because as a student of art, I hope that when the debate comes up again, because it always does, inevitably it does. When the debate for whether or not schools should keep art programs, music programs, you know, production yeah. programs, I hope that people will emphasize how important they are and how important entertainment is because entertainment is what's getting you through this situation right now, whether it be um, books, whether it be movies, whether it be music, whether it be plays, theater, comedians, like it's all encapsulated by the arts. So I don't want to hear that shit about, oh, the arts aren't important or they don't have any practical use in the real world. There's bullshit. Yeah, man. Okay. Some of us were born, some of us were born artists. 
And we need to embrace that. And we need to, to shine a light on that because it's in the darkest times that the artists are able to shine the yeah. brightest. And they're because like they're pulling through this too, because I don't know what I would be doing without like, you know, going like watching all these shows that we have. Like the one thing that's also cool about like we're like I was like no, the was one thing that's cool about this is like the one silver linings that we this happening during the golden age of television. There's so many programs mm-hmm. that I can like lose myself into now you know what i'm saying like like i haven't to die yeah. no you have a whole yeah you have a whole library of stuff like you can you can but we'll still we'll still even with all of that like you still have musicians going on ig live and doing like beat battles and yeah. song battles and like you will sit there on the phone for an hour and watch this shit and love it because you're in a chat room with fucking Fat Joe and Timbaland and Swiss Beats, and you're listening to Little John and T- and T Pain go back and forth on IG yeah. Live, and it's fucking dope. Did you the, watch I, any of those? I watched two of them. I watched the Manny Fresh and Scott Storch one, which a lot of people people get people get Manny Fresh a lot of heat for that one, which I thought wasn't really deserved. It was like he lost. I was like, I don't know if he lost so much. I think they just saw him different. Manny Fresh is kind of like they're, they're different. But they didn't play his best at the same time. It's like I think Scott Storch is a little bit more harmonic with his beats and a lot more, a lot, a lot more pop with his beats. Well, Manny Fresh is that like that that bass rattling shit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like. Well, yeah, he didn't. He didn't play his. He didn't play his best hits. He didn't play like. He didn't play any clip stuff. He didn't play. Um, he didn't play like. He didn't really play enough Wayne stuff to be honest. Um, and I and I saw some people criticizing him for the little interludes and skits that he played, where he was taking shots at Scott Storch's. Uh, drug problem and stuff like that. Like the energy was just yeah, kind of weird. I thought, like I thought, that, I thought Scott Such was in that. Like I thought, I thought, I thought it was a sport about it though. I mean, I think it was just like it was like a battle for him. So I don't think that he's. Oh no, I don't think. I, I think. I think anything that you can say to Scott Storch, he's probably already told yeah. himself like a dozen times. Um, but he was weird. But I thought I I I imagine that the energy in the T Pain and Little John battle oh, yeah. was a lot. It was. I mean, I more think lively. That with them too. Also, like the 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 music was more in line with one another. You can like have a comparison. Which which one was better than mm-hmm. the other one? As opposed to the Scott Storch and Manny Fresh one. Although I enjoyed it, I don't know if you can like. I think it was more. To me, it was more of a showcase than a battle. It was like I'm gonna sh- uh, like I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. I don't know if one's better than the other because it's like they're both so like they're on different wavelengths to me. Like I think that like a film three Scott, Scott Sorch is more of a pop sound, but I'm not saying it's bad. It's just a different sound. Like if I like Betty Fresh's white would hear and people's trunks, you know what I'm saying like. Like, like you know, when I was in like in middle school and stuff, you know what I'm saying? I, I, you hear that that bass line, shit, which, by the way, also watching it from your phone, you don't get the bass line either. Like, it's not hitting the same as on your phone as it is like when you're like in the street with it. You know what I'm saying? So, that's cool. 
that's why I hope Swiss and Timbaland, like they really put like when this is all said and done, I hope that they really do this kind of stuff for real, for real, like put on a show because I think that that would just be amazing. Like if they did, like if they went city to city and just took like, you know, like imagine if like Manny came to town and like it was Manny Fresh versus Juicy J or some shit, you know what I'm saying? And they just like toured the South or, and then they did like, and then they did like, um, you know, DJ Quick and um, I don't know, like Toomp, like DJ Toomp. And they just like did like the West Coast, you know what I'm saying? Or like, yeah, that would just be like so cool. I think that would be I really good for the culture. All you know? passed over, like when all this is like kind of handled and people are actually out, able to go out and be with each other again or be out in like groups and crowds and stuff like that. Oh, it's gonna be, um, like I was like, is it, I, like I, I was telling, I was telling many other day, I was like, people are about to go out again. It's gonna be insane. Oh yeah, people are gonna be yeah. sweating out do yeah, Like people are like gonna be weeks out at a just, time. It's uh, gonna be beautiful. Yeah. Um. You wanted to give a shout out to the local news I, ca- news newscasters. Like, I never watched local news, local news before. Like I didn't watch it as much, but like I have appreciation for it now because like you can't, I can't watch like twenty four hour news cycles at the, if, with this going on. It's just, it's too much for your psyche, dude. Like it's just way too much. Like because I think CNN has like a death toll like ticker on the screen, and it's just like, yeah, yeah so you're just they, watching they like, the death num the, the the tolls like rack up. And it's a lot. Like, what I appreciate from local news now is like they'll tell you, they'll give you a snapshot what's going on in the world, which is the world. They're like, hey, the, the world's burning, if you didn't know. And they'll let you know what's going on in your city. Oh, your city is also burning. Just FYI. And then they'll tell you, like, but look, here's the stuff going on. This is what you need to know. Like, to prepare yourself, they'll let you know, like, hey, these are some good things still going on. Like, they'll, 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 like, they'll, have, they'll, they'll have like a fill with stories. That are around you too, but you know, like, hey, like, everyone's not just, everything not like, it's not just all like, Trump's a piece of shit, or you know, like, or the other, all this other stuff. So it's like, I, it's like, one thing I got from this, like, I appreciate local news a lot more because they kind of give you like the field stories, like, you know, they'll tell you stories about like, um, I think I saw the other day there was like, um, someone gave birth to a child, and they had like a drive-by like. Congratulations! Like, there was like a parade of cards congratulating his family, like for the birth of a new child. Like, see things like that, you know, like they let you know, like you know, the world just isn't just this terrible cesspool of a place. It's like there's still a lot of good things going on, you know. So I, so I'm like, because I watch the local news like in the morning, in the evening. That's kind of it. Like it's just if you watch CNN, do like it's just gonna like put you in a spiral of despair. Like it's just it's too much, man. Yeah. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. you're absolutely right, man. Like, local news is certainly more centered on you know the community right. that that they're in, and you know that's that's more important to people in this time than yeah the like, broader scope. Like, you can get lost in the macroscopic yeah, like, I mean, things are bad. view of things. Don't get me wrong; like things are things are bad, but at the same time, it's like like they're uh, like it's been a saving grace to watch the news. Local news because like they like you like it's like you you'll still see stories in the community like you'll see like 
they'll tell you about like, you know, schools giving food in these places, or it's like we're donating they're donating supplies here, or it's like they'll have these little pieces of the story that you're like, hey man, like there's still people out like it's not just this like just this it's not hell on earth. There's still people out doing good things. You know, it's like those people are trying to help each other. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's not just all doom and gloom. Yeah. You know, so yeah. So I'm, I mean, I don't know. Facts. Like, I, if I can tell anyone to do anything, just watch local news stories, man. Like, watch. Like, if you want to get, I would tell people just watch the news. Like, just watch the news in the morning, and watch it in the evening, and then go out and then go out and like, because they'll let you know what's going on. They can go about your business because it's just like don't get sucked in CNN. Because I feel like I honestly feel like I feel like the death that 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 whole thing is excessive at this point. Like, we don't need you don't need a rolling tally. Of deaths because it's not just numbers, and those are people. You know what I'm saying? Like, eh. yeah. If anything, you should keep a tally of how many people then, have been have recovered from it accurately. But at the same time, it's just kind of like you can't. I just hate when. Yeah, but at least it was. But sometimes, like you, but it's also fear. I don't want to reduce people to numbers. I think that's really. I think that death toll is important in terms of like, it's it's important in terms of like you know medical data. Or whatever, like you know, like the progress of that. But I think to have it on the news like that, it's just kind of to have a ticker. It just kind of reduces those lives to numbers. Yeah. And it's like the thing is, like even though those numbers are happening, you don't even you're not even keeping a couple of people that each one of those deaths affected. Because, like I said before, the show it's like when one person dies, mm-hmm. that's that one person. They affect like it's almost but like when that one person dies it's like a bomb of despair goes off and they're in their sin like their families are affected their friends are affected and you know the friends of their friends are affected it just kind of it's like a ripple effect you know what i'm saying so it's like i think to reduce them as much as to numbers it kind of trivializes because then people say like, oh it's just many people die it's like but yeah but it, like the people are affected by these things that are happening you know what i'm saying it's like each one of those numbers is significant to someone because like it's more than just like a one or a two. It's like that's someone's grandma, that's someone's grandpa, that's someone's aunt, uncle, son, daughter, and it's like it just affects so many people yeah. that I hate to see like a ticket just ticking up and up and up and up and up. And it's like I think it's kind of careless to have that on this TV screen that way. And it's like it's to me, I can't watch it. It's exhausting to see that, like to see that number go up and up and up, and then just have it there. Like it's almost as if it's like you know. It's number sold at McDonald's or something like that. It's like it shouldn't be that trivialized to me. No, yeah, you're right. So it's like, you're right. I, it shouldn't be. Yeah, I think people are thinking um, about numbers and it's just like, oh, these are lives that are being lost, man. Um, yeah. Um, do you have an education? I think that. Uh, in in light of what I'm saying is that um when when this passes, and it will pass, I think that um our lives won't be the same anymore, and they shouldn't be. Like it's not really a thing. I'm saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying that your life should like our lives shouldn't be the same anymore. I think that from what we're seeing with what's going on, um from our elected officials from our businesses, from even our churches. Um, I think that after this is over, I think a lot of these entities have a lot of explaining to do. And I want, I just want people to, I don't, I like the thing that I hate about our society is that we have short memories. Like we just kind of like let things happen. We just kind of forget about the next thing. 
you can't forget this. This shouldn't be forgotten. Um, everything that everything's happening so far should not be forgotten. And that's not just to say the like. I mean, it's not even just to say the the um, not just the bad things, but the good things too. Like now we're gonna see how vital or important that cashier is the grocery store is, or how vital the cat and sackers are, or how how important these restaurants are. These were afterthoughts before this happened. And I'm not even gonna like, say that it was, it was I'm not even gonna say that I'm I'm guilty of it too. You don't think of the cashier when you're at HGB. You don't think of the like you don't think of like, you know, the person working at the barbecue spot. You don't think of the person that um you know, that's working at the gas station that helps you get gas or whatever. You know, think about, I mean, all these, like these people that are still going to work doing all this, like the police officers. And of course, the um, medical professionals, like your doctors and your nurses that are on the front line doing this. These are all, these people were all afterthoughts to you. I think that we should remember how important they are. So, and how important their jobs are. So whenever you see something come up about like layoffs, at like hospitals, something like that. Like we should really pay attention to these things now. This isn't just people's. Do. I feel like a lot of things are just streamlined to the point of just like economic efficiency, especially especially, especially in the healthcare industry. Yeah. And like I remember seeing like back, I think I remember seeing like about a year ago, there are like a bunch of layoffs at certain hospitals. I think that like when we, I think that. Everything has a ripple effect now that we have to pay attention to everything that's going on. And I think we have to remember. Huh? Yeah, I think. What saying? No, go ahead. Like, I think that um, some of these people that I think were afterthoughts, we really we have to realize how vital they are. And like, we also, like, we have to, we have to remember. The the business that did the right thing, like like first Texas Roadhouse, for example. Like, don't forget that their CEO yep. gave up a year of his salary to keep his employees, um, to keep his employees um, paid during this whole time. While places like Papa's, you know, have people on furlough. I think people like when we get back to normal, these things need to be remembered, and we have to keep this in our minds. So we place that we patronize. And places that, like you know, and and the things that we consider in terms of just service, or just life in general, because we can't act like this stuff didn't happen. I, the, the thing I don't want to see is us act like everything's back to normal. I don't want to see us acting like as if Hobby Lobby didn't like try to skirt the rules and keep places and keep the places open like they're essential when they weren't, or the fact that Dillard's tried to have people going back to work when they weren't essential. Like these things should not be forgotten. Remember the Alamo. Don't forget 9-11. Don't forget COVID-19. Slavery. Get over it. Uh, no, that's a great message, man. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And I hope that people do the same thing, man. I hope that people do remember uh, what businesses did what during all this and, and what companies uh, treated their employees like people during all of this. I think yeah. that's important. Good shit, man. Good shit. Um, probably going to be doing this more often on the, over the uh, 
internet connection in the next couple of weeks, but um, we'll keep pumping them out as long as people keep yeah. listening. Yeah. Sorry that the quality isn't what it was, but you know, yeah, we got to do what we got to do. Yeah. Thank you everybody for listening. Don't forget to check out our Instagram at state your take our Twitter at state your take our Spotify playlist, the state your take list with Ed and Aaron on Spotify. And uh, you could donate, you can uh, check out our shop, even though we're not shipping anything right now. All that information is on our Instagram page. Um, But yeah, thanks for listening. All right. I'm Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) And this was State Your Take. We love most of you. (laughs) Gamma Gator Productions.